Okay. Okay, we're on the air. So, uh, in our last get-together that I was involved with, uh, as the leading person, we saw in the Chovos Alvavos, we saw in Reb Simcha Zizel, the great need to make a fresh start in learning even the most fundamental aspects of understanding Hashem and His Torah. The Chavah describes it as if he never saw a letter of the Torah, as if he never learned anything of the words of the Chachamim, which is quite a phenomenal uh, achievement to try to even attempt to try to view the most fundamental aspects of Torah with totally fresh start. I mean, the, the concept is amazing. But at the very least, to try to have that kind of an openness, to re- be ready to accept that what I may have understood in the past was not really correct, or at least not adequate, that's a very, very significant accomplishment. But I think when it comes to, I should say I've been helped to understand, when it comes to aspects of understanding Hashem and the Torah, there is another very significant challenge that's involved from an emotional standpoint. Um, what will happen if a person discovers that the, the form, the mindset, the nature of their very sincere effort in keeping the Torah, each person according to his personal situation, is really significantly lacking. There's so much more, there's so much higher. So that could be very, very um, painful, very devastating. That could be experienced as being told once again, after who knows how many times before, you're just not good enough. And of course, that's not the intention. But it's very easy for such a thing to happen, for a person to experience some kind of a deeper discovery as very painful, as an attack on their whole, their whole sense of their religious self. So we need to sort of be prepared for that. The, the, primary aspect, I guess, is to recognize that that kind of a feeling is very understandable, very natural. We learned in one of the previous shurim how a person naturally protects himself from anything where they might see themselves as lacking to sort of um, not have to accept that, not to see themselves as being deficient. And certainly someone who was subject to being put down in a spiritual sense is very understandably prone to that. And that's all part of the challenge and all part of their own personal mission. So the hope is that just the awareness of this challenge could help to prepare a person not to be devastated by that. But it's not a simple matter at all. And it should, it should it needs to be respected and recognized by 
course, the one who's trying to give over something and by the person himself. But in a larger sense, the truth is that any real growth is almost inevitable to include something of this nature. I guess, you know, you compare it to climbing a mountain. When you're at a safe spot, either on the ground level or at one plateau, so then you're stable. Once you start climbing up the edge of the mountain, even if you have, you know, good ropes, but you're no longer in a state of security and, and uh, stability. So really any growth that a person is going to undertake includes, by definition, more understanding that's going to almost inevitably cause some lack of value of the level that I'm at right now. It doesn't seem to be so good anymore when I realize that there's something higher or something deeper. And, and there's a process to try to reach that, to try to incorporate that. So you have to be accepting of this phenomenon, which is by definition, Chavazlam was saying, the Gedolim are teaching us that a person has to relearn. That means that by definition, the process of all growth, of all achievements in a spiritual sense is that we start off with a simpler, more childlike understanding as we start off at a very young age. Then as we become more mature, more developed, we're capable of understanding something better. And by definition, whatever we thought before is going to be less valued per se, less valuable to us. Can I, can I suggest something? Um, yes, by all means. Maybe it's, like, maybe it's possible to give over whatever message that one in this position that you're referring to wants to give over in a way that doesn't result in a person feeling this like traumatic recoil, like sense of like recoiling. Like, like I, th I think that you're going, like you're, you're, you're preempting some, some message that it sounds like you want to give by saying that we should all be cognizant of the fact that like a lot of us might have you know, an emotionally traumatic response to it. But I would assume there's a way to give it over and from the outset that wouldn't cause an emotionally traumatic response. Well, sometimes for sure, of course, there has to be the, the, the true real respect for every sincere effort and a real respect for the process. Okay, so if that if that sincere if that sincere respect was conveyed, then maybe that would be sufficient. For two Judging. Rebbe, you're muted. Rebbe, you're on mute. We can't hear you. <laughs> 
How's now? How's now? Any better? better? Yes, better. Okay, sorry, I'm not sure what happened there. Um, so if a person is prone to judging himself as being good enough or not good enough, and he discovers, oh, there's some kind of a standard expectation, a level, and I'm not at that yet, then the way you will absorb it is, I'm being told I'm not good enough. That may not be the intention whatsoever, but that ourselves about the biggest goal. I should presume myself to be level, but nevertheless, I try to. Are you hearing me? I don't know if it's just me, but you're going in and out. No, I don't hear you at all. Maybe try the phone, Rebby. Try the phone. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's go to the phone. Um, I pressed link. What's supposed to happen now? Nothing's happening on my phone. We all hear you. I mean, I hear you. Okay. We're hearing you fine right now in the video. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll try to continue. Um, so I think that's one very real consideration. And secondly, there could be sometimes a kind of situation where a person really gets clarity of the fact that they had been or maybe still are in not such a good mindset. Let's take an extreme example. Let's say a person has, like, like we touched on previously, constructed in his mind that in order for the sake of keeping himself in, in line and uh, prevented from any bad behavior, that there's going to be horrific punishments, whether he deserves it or not, for any wrongdoing. And it's being very effective to help a person 
um, control is bad urges. On the other hand, it's a false understanding of Hashem, and it's essentially kaifer in the Pasik of Kelamun of Ein Avel. Or you can call it the form of Avodah Zarah, whichever you prefer, Avodah Zarah, Kfira, makes no difference. When a person comes to that realization that you cannot uh, undertake a view of being subject to undeserved, horrific punishment, and will thereby um, have to lose that method that he's using, uh, it's going to be very disturbing. What does that mean? That means until now, whatever I was doing wasn't valid. I was always doing it because of this. Now I discover that that's also to think like that. <laughs> I'd be forfeiting everything if I would hold on to that mindset that's absolutely rejecting of the fundamentals of the Torah. So that could be quite quite disturbing. I mean to say my whole my 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 basic view and basic approach was false. It's, it's, it's dev- can be devastating. So he has to be accepting of the fact that it's part of the process. He didn't understand better. There were there was situations that were causing that mindset. He didn't deliberately choose to have this kind of a false understanding. And he's trying to proceed now according to what he understands now the best he can. And that's that, but that takes maturity. That takes strength that takes courage uh, freifeld calls yiddishkeit the religion of courage the gemara brings the questions that the non-believers ask the chachmei talmud because yiddishkeit is religion of courage and there's no question that what the chavah is laying out and what uh, is laying out is takes very great courage and especially i'm just adding based on like i say what i've been helped to understand when it comes to the practical application of my whole sense of my religious self, it takes especially great courage. So we're going to try to proceed with giving everyone tremendous credit for their courage. And truly, I think that when somebody is very sincere, it's even a greater challenge. And I think that's part of what's makes it hard for some of us is that there is tremendous sincerity and there's tremendous desire to really take in the message, not just to listen to it for some kind of intellectual entertainment. And then when we take in messages in a very sincere way, they're much more powerful and much, much harder to somehow navigate properly. There can also be, I shouldn't leave this out, another very powerful challenge, which is the fear of having my hopes dashed one more time because we're looking towards some new idea as maybe this will be the solution to my, my major problems in life, my, my, my religious challenge. Hopefully, maybe now will be cured. And there is no real easy cure, but there's a nature to want to look for it as like, oh, this will be the quick fix cure. And then once again, it's going to be dashed. And I have to protect myself from that pain of once again having my hopes dashed to pieces. So if we were previously you know, presented a, a presentation that gave us the impression that, oh, this is going to make you feel good, this is going to make you happy, everything is just going to be hunky-dory, then there's a great fear that that disappointment could take place again. 
So nothing of that nature is being promised here. <laughs> All we're trying to do is to learn a little bit together. There's one more ingredient that I have to ask of everybody. For some people, it's going to be a little bit hard. <sighs> that you just listen and engage in the learning process based on what you could see yourself. And not by trusting the presenter because of whatever position or age or imagination that you have of him, meaning me. So there's no Das Torah being presented here and no desire for being, um, you know, respected as the older rabbi, but just trying to learn together and see what we see. If you see something, something may appear to me a certain way. If you see the same thing, so kola kavod. If you don't see it the same way, I'm eager to hear all about it. I don't know if we're going to have time to finish that tonight, but maybe we'll continue next week if, uh, if nobody objects. But let's try to make a start. So we're starting with perhaps the most famous few lines in any classic Musa Sefer that was ever written. And that is the beginning of the first parak of Mesil Sasharim, where he starts off at the foundation of true spiritual achievements, chasidus, piety, going even beyond the basic obligations, the roots of the complete and most refined service of Hashem is a person achieving clarity and full knowledge of the truth of what is his the Hebrew word is chova literally translates obligation that's good enough for now that has to have full clarity and knowledge of the truth of his obligation in this in the world in his world to which he should be placing his focus his aspiration in every effort that he makes his entire life every effort of that he ever makes in his life should be directed to achieving and accomplishing that obligation. Terrific. So now we're all waiting to hear what is that obligation. Then the Mesut Sharim says, as we all know, what our Hachamim taught us, behold, what our Hachamim taught us is a person was only created to enjoy and benefit derive the great pleasure from the presence of Hashem, which is the true, great, greatest of all pleasures that could possibly be found. And these few lines are almost maddening to anybody who reads them. Because he starts off, we have to know clearly our obligation, and then says something that doesn't seem to be anything about obligation, or not even anything about the person. Talks about person gaining enjoyment. That might be a very nice result of fulfilling his obligation, but doesn't seem to be the definition of an obligation. And it talks about why Hashem created the person. Adam Nivra. 
why he was created, talking about Hashem as the creator. Person was created by Hashem for that purpose. That's like Hashem's purpose, Hashem's plan in his creation. What does that have to do with our obligation? So I think it's pretty safe to say that there's no face value, simple explanation of these lines. And we go on and we read further and we try to deal with it somehow. Okay, so we're gonna, we're gonna circle this. And we'll go on to see a certain recurring theme in a number of very fine sources. Dera Hashem also talks about the purpose of the creation. And he says, Hashem's purpose was a little bit different words. Same author, different words. Hashem's purpose was to bestow good to others. And that desire will not be satisfied, says Derech Hashem, by Hashem bestowing some good, but only by bestowing the maximum good that is possible for the created being to receive. And how will that be accomplished? Well, after all, the only true good is Hashem. So the way that Hashem's plan of bestowing the maximum good will be accomplished or by there being possible, by making it possible for the created being to connect to and thereby derive the benefit of the good that is of Hashem himself. So bottom line, Hashem's purpose in creation very clearly is there Hashem is saying is to is to bestow the maximum good possible. How will that be accomplished? By there being a system whereby the created being, the Adam, can connect to Hashem and derive the good of Hashem, which is the whole Torah. The Torah is that system. So already getting some understanding of what the Torah is all about. It's the system whereby a person can receive the maximum good that Hashem wants him to receive. And the Derech Hashem explains also why it has to come through a person's effort. It gives an explanation of that. That's not for now. We look in the Sefer Achinuch. He says the, the entire purpose of a person doing the mitzvot of Hashem, doing the mitzvot of the Torah, is only because Hashem wants to be native, wants to bestow good, and through a person preparing himself and making himself able to receive the good of Hashem, it will then come to him. Like the Pasuk says, what is Hashem asking of you? Nothing for him, only for us, as the Pasuk ends off. Hashem's purpose in all the mitzvahs is only one. And the Pasuk 
Vincent. Take care of patients, Ben. Something's the matter with the speaker. No, it's the computer. Okay. So, so it's only, what does he say? For the patient's benefit. If he doesn't keep it, if he doesn't follow doctor's recommendations, of course, he's going to get sick. He's going to need uh, in, uh, more severe medications to get him better again. It's only for the patient, not for the doctor. It's not Hashem commanding for his sake. Once again. B'chaim Velazhin says it could be possible for a person to be doing all the mitzvahs purely for the sake of he should get the schar because that's what Hashem wants and that can really be on the highest level but there's just one catch it has to be to a person the same as if he himself would get the, the resultant benefit or another Jew would get it because to Hashem those two are the same now of course that can't possibly happen it's only theoretical but if a, as a way for a person to relate to performing the mitzvot for the sake of Hashem's desire to bestow good be achieved should be the same to me as if it would come to me or come to another Jew or the rest of the Kali Yisrael if he could do that then he could serve Hashem for the sake of the reward coming. But he says it's a very hard thing to accomplish, and maybe it's really better not to be focused on that. But he's recognizing that essentially that could be the highest level of service that Hashem's good purpose should come about. So for now, I guess we'll add one more. Last and not least, if you look in the Derech Hashem by Tzitzis, that's the top left, he seems to be saying very clearly. He says it's given to a person. A person is empowered to perfect the entire Bria, like he explained in the, in the first Chalik. What did he say in the first Chalik? If you look there, he talks primarily about the person perfecting himself and along with himself, the whole Bria. But he has been given that ability. And it comes out that he's doing the service of Hashem, involved in his work, who made the Bria as he saw fit, that this should come about. But it comes through a person's actions by his acting according to the Torah. But then he adds that this whole structure, this whole process of the person serving Hashem is standing on one foundation, which is that the person, the Adam, is the servant of the Creator into whose hands has been entrusted this whole engine of the perfection of the world and himself of course primarily and has been entrusted to him that's why it's successful 
because he is the chosen, beloved, trusted servant into whose hand has been entrusted this entire purpose of the creation. Okay. I hope I'm not the only one who sees this. But it looks pretty clear that the Ramchal is defining in, in pretty clear terms that the definition of Avodah Hashem is to bring about Hashem's purpose in the creation. He is the Eved into whose hand has been trusted, entrusted that great mission of, of what? Of perfection of himself. For what purpose was that? So that he should receive the good that Hashem wants him to receive. So here's the question. Can we wrap our mind around this? That the whole definition of Otis Hashem is essentially everything in Torah mitzvahs is just a means of accomplishing Hashem's purpose to bestow the maximum good. And we are entrusted with that mission. We are the, we are the conduit. We are the, the extension Forgive me for the expression. The extension of Hashem. The ones who must be the one to do it. Because Hashem by himself cannot do it. It won't be achieved properly. It has to be through the person. And we are given the mission of accomplishing Hashem's ultimate infinite chesed. And that is the whole definition of Avodah Hashem. Bringing about into actuality the chesed of Hashem to the fullest degree possible. Okay, last but not least. I'm sorry, there's one more. And that is just a couple, just one line in the Magid Mishnah, where he says that the essence of Simcha in the service of Hashem, which is so important, Ram calls it Gdoila, is a person doing the mitzvot not as an obligation, not as forced, like Ibn Machai also says, not like an Evid who, even if his master is kind and good and merciful, would still rather be a free man. No. He should, says the says, here's where it gets tricky. Somebody's going to say, oh, that means you're telling me everything I'm doing is worthless. That's not what we're saying. But there is a level of serving Hashem with Simcha, a very great level. Ram calls it Avayda Gedayla. Doesn't mean anything less than that is worthless. It's not all or nothing, not black and white. But there's a, a very worthwhile, important, desirable level of Simcha, says, says the Magimisha. Where does that come from? He's doing good because it's good. He's choosing truth because it's truth. What does that mean, doing good because it's good? It's not only talking about doing chesed. It's not only talking about giving stalker. It's talking about everything of the Torah. This is Shemach's base, It's talking about everything. How does he know everything is good? Does he know the reasons of every single mitzvah to know why it's good? 
definitely worthwhile to learn the reasons of the mitzvahs. But it's not contingent on that. It's all by definition true and good. This is the truth of a person's means of coming close to Hashem and achieving His purpose. This is the good. It's by definition the goodness of Hashem. This is the manifestation. This is the actualization. This is the content. This is the substance of Hashem's good coming into existence that has been entrusted to the person. So he doesn't need to be obligated in external fashion. Okay, here's the bottom line. not my nature to be like so forthcoming but you'll forgive me for getting carried away because <laughs> I think it's worthwhile to clarify this when Mesut HaSharim says we naturally translate that as an external force obligating a person we naturally translate obligation to mean something that's imposing upon me Maybe rightfully so, maybe entitled. No, I, I, I borrowed money. Now I owe the money. I have a hove on me. Do I want to have a hove on me? Who wants to have a hove on them? Okay, I realize I owe the money. I have to pay it back. This is a different kind of a hove. But the essential ingredient in this hove is, as the social really is, is telling us, we have to get all the way around on the other side. We have to look at it through the eyes of Hashem. That's like mind-boggling and very, very unfamiliar. In the natural human experience, the person who has been given commands is not seeing it through the eyes of the commander and trying to become one with him and relate as an extension of him. The, the sergeant gives the orders, you march. The teacher gives the instructions, you obey. The parents tell the child to clean their room, they do it. They're not thinking, oh, what is this all about? What is the purpose of this? What, am, what is being achieved here? And how do I fit in in this plan to be the one to bring it about? In the natural, familiar experience, obligation is externally imposed, and there is a, a commander and a commandee, and near the twain shall meet. <laughs> they don't fuse into one unit. But in the Torah, the true form of it is that the one who is the created being <laughs> comes to understand is given to understand, is able, is able to accomplish, to understand what is the meaning and the purpose of that whole system. And he will, because of his own true inner nature, want it, cherish it, love it, rejoice in it, celebrate in it, grab it. It is, it is infinite kindness that he has been entrusted to accomplish this infinite good that he has been charged, that he has been empowered, that he is enabled to be the one to bring about. Hashem's infinite kindness is entrusted to us to bring into existence. If you don't faint, I don't know, then you can't be alive. Now, I'll end with one story that maybe helps a little bit.
I was sitting together at an out-of-town wedding, maybe in Moshe Plotkin, I'm not sure, it was a Z.A. Talmud, and a family member of Rav Geltzeler, Zuchan Levracha, who was a son-in-law of Rav Dessler. And as we can imagine, quite uh, adequately into Musr. And we were sitting at the table, and I asked him, how does the Mesut Sasharim fit with the mission of us that says we shouldn't do Avodah Hashem for the sake of reward? And here the Mesut Sasharim is saying, and, and we're supposed to not do it for the reward. So he just said one line, and I'll leave you with that. He said, it was a very good setting for this response. When a father is dancing at his son's wedding, is that Mikabal Pras? Is he getting a reward? That's not Mikabal Pras. Is he enjoying that moment immensely? He's enjoying it immensely. Is he getting a reward for himself? No, he's not getting a reward. So there could be Hashem, the actualization of the kindness of Hashem, but is not in the form of I'm getting it for myself as my reward. I'm not using the Torah as a device. If somebody would, he's a tzaddik. Morale says, the Tzaddik says, somebody does the Torah mitzvahs for the sake of the reward, he's considered a tzaddik. The Morale says, I'm not sure gomer. There's a higher level. I'm not sure exactly, you know, does Mr. only accept the higher level? Maybe both are included. But there's a former understanding of it that it is good of its own, own true nature. And that does not mean that I'm doing it for the sake of getting myself reward. It's not a self-directed form. It's a desire we have within ourselves, the kayak, the desire to bring about the infinite kindness of Hashem. For, of course, all those who will benefit. For the whole world. Okay. I hope the reaction to this is only positive. But you're welcome to share with me any reaction you might have at this point. I hope there's some reaction. Okay. If anybody doesn't agree with the chat, you know, you could say that too. I'm not going to say Shtika Koda because that's not right. But. What were, you, what were you afraid of? With the, what was the reason for the whole first 15 minute preamble? It doesn't seem, it doesn't seem to be a, a, a I had, I, anyone to recoil from. I had a past experience where I presented this album and maybe you know some associated ideas in a very straightforward fashion, very confidently, without any kind of preamble. And there was somebody who was very, very um, not happy with that message. Was uh, very surprised at me that I could present this as such a, in, in a matter of fact way as if everyone agrees to it. And it may very, very well be that not everyone agrees to it. It may, may be possible to find in other very great svarim 
that are not advising to make the focus of my whole avoidah that this should be achieved in Nigal Hashem. But I think that's what the Ramchal is saying here and in other places. There was another occasion where I talked about the Magin Mishnah and someone also who occupies a pretty respectable position came over to me very forcefully and said, of course we're forced. Of course we're forced. Which I understand now a little bit better to be that, like I, like I said, I would help to understand, that he may have been accomplishing a lot of good effort that he was putting in based on feeling that he's forced, based on feeling that he has to force himself based on feeling, I am an Evid who is commanded by the dominant power. He may have been using the concept of the virtue of submission to authority as his means of spiritual achievement. He may have been relating to Hashem as the supreme authority to whom I have to submit and not undertaking upon himself to be the trusted servant to carry out the king's loving, infinite good plan. Just, I'm obedient, I obey, I submit. And I don't want to say that there's no, nothing to that. Of course, we have to listen. But it looks from, from the Ramachal that that may not be adequate. Because the Ramachal is saying, he has to be totally focused on that which is clear to him to be his chova, which is to accomplish why Hashem created him. And less than that should not be considered worthless, but it may not be really adequate. And once again, here we have, if I recognize that's not adequate, so then I shouldn't just go to what I'm familiar with. So now I have to go relearn. This is new territory. This is this is frightening. I can't just stay put in my in my in my place of security, being a good, subservient, devoted, submissive servant. I have to undertake to accomplish the mission of Hashem's purpose in the entire creation. That's for me to to take on to bring to myself and to the world the maximum pleasure? Whoa. That's, I can barely wrap my head around that. That may not be so easy. So even though it's beautiful, it's amazing, it's, it's breathtaking, but it's different. So that could be a big challenge. And, and again, I, I want to emphasize, this should not be taken anybody hears this as that means everything I'm doing now or I did till now wasn't valuable. First of all, it's a progression. So you guys are way ahead of me in hearing about this stuff because I first, you know, came to realize it a little bit pretty recently. So, but I forgive you all to, you know, beat me by, by a couple of decades. It's fine. <laughs> Even more. So, but um, I got what I was saying. It's novel. It's different. Rabbi, isn't it possible though? It's more comfortable for many people because this is, you know, you don't feel like you're not, you're not listening. You feel like, all right, I'm, I'm partners over here. This is more, <laughs> you know, you feel like I'm, I'm part of the plan. I'm in on it. 
it's it, you know it's Avinu rather than Malkedo. It's easier for many people. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and um, I find it hard to believe that that there's supposed to be aspects of the Tyra that are sort of contradictory, and that one time you play one game, one time you play the other game. It has to be that Avinu and Malkano are integrated. We should try to envision ourselves as the son of the king who has the full awareness and reverence of the greatness of the king. Maybe he knows better than anybody. But at the same time, of course, he's his loving father. But to be given the, the, the mission, the king has entrusted to his beloved son his most cherished mission, his most cherished goal, which is what? The care of his beloved son. <laughs> The son is in charge now of raising himself to be the greatest next king that he could be. That's powerful. It's very good. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's, it's below your mind. Good. But it's new. It's different. It's very lofty. If anybody thinks I'm off base, please don't, you know, be so, you know, uh, kind and gentle. You could tell me. You don't think Masusa Sharon means that? You could tell me. I mean, I'm not suggesting it's a simple read even now, but it's the only thing that I could see could be a possibility. Who? This is it. That's selfish. That's not, that's not for a selfish reason. That can be done in the most selfless way to bring about what Hashem wants in the creation. This is also another, for another, another time, there's a concept of a person being able to relate to himself care for himself like he would care for another person. There's the concept of a selfless caring for yourself. The true value, true care for yourself is not selfishness. Selfishness usually is from a lack of the real care for oneself. But the true yeah, yeah, care yeah. for oneself, it could be of a very pure nature. In, in reading the Mistils of Sharm, the Hine Masha, Renu Chazal, Chazal, who, I don't see that as a riot to this idea per se. I mean, there, there's the goal and then there's the obligation. Chovaso, you have to explain what the goal is to understand the Chovaso. It doesn't necessarily mean that the goal is the Chovaso. But there's no other place that he said. He says it at the end of Paragraphs. He says, uh, he says like this. Klaus showed up. Uh, he says, okay, he says, now that we know all this, there, there he could be talking about our obligation. The last paragraph, last paragraph of the first paragraph, what he first, he seems to break it out, right? What are the two things? Till now it says, Achashay Yadanu what? 
Okay, okay. We don't, we, don't, we don't all have that in front of us, so it's not really um, a good way to approach it right now. Uh, we should, we should well, act this out privately. Is it possible that... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We don't need You can get it from the Derech Hashem. The Derech Hashem is enough. Okay, that's fine. No, I I, I need to hop all the rice, to be honest. Uh, I was just uh, in the right in the Mr. Sharm. I didn't know if the reading was necessarily automatically that way. I, I'm not. I'm not a. It's just, it's just if if it's possible to read it that way, then there's a then then there's a flow. I mean, the not, way he starts off. Lamar, he, sh- he doesn't say like, clearly either. It like okay, like he doesn't. So because you have to hop it. Because you have to hop it. This is your chova. Now, why do you write in a way that you have to hop it? You don't think it. You don't think it reads much smoother than saying this is your goal, but not necessarily it is your chova. This is the goal. I mean, to understand your obligation in this world, you have to understand your purpose in this world. Just because it's your purpose doesn't mean that's your obligation. I don't understand why is purpose goal equal obligation. What does purpose have to? He, what do you mean was purpose? Because if I know my purpose is now I have no my obligations are. That which our Chazal taught us is. What mean? What kind of way to talk is that? He wants to say, blah, blah, blah. Well, he does say Al-Kain there. He does, he does say Al-Kain in that first paragraph also. Okay, we have to have our own private session on this. I'm just... I, he says I'm, like this, I'm not, I'm not trying to prove it only from this line, Mr. Sashar. Right, okay, that's fine. I think there's, 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 there's a whole collection of indications. Mm-hmm. But it does help to read Mr. Sashar. I think. Mm-hmm. The question is, the real question is, can we relate to this in a personal way? I want to be very honest that I've tried a little bit and there have been a few moments that I found myself able to think in these terms <laughs> a little bit. Can you explain what, what that would look like, what your assumption would be before this? I'm not, I don't, I don't yes. Think I, yes, I, yes, 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 absolutely. In the past, and even now, still lingering, of course, my whole approach to doing mitzvahs was to be yotze. Be yotze the mitzvah. Make sure to do the mitzvah right. Say the benching. Say the davening. Do the mitzvah. Get it right. You have a chiv. You got to be yotze. Now I'm trying to have the mindset of let's try to bring about something good. Let's try to create something good here. There's power here to create tremendous good. Let's try to make it happen. You're benching now. You're thinking that this is giving you pleasure? Not, not giving me pleasure now. That's, that's besides the point. That does come a little bit, by the way, a little bit, because it's much more relaxed, much more pleasant, much more enjoyable. But that, that, that's a separate point. The main the, the mindset that I'm trying to have is this is the means, this is a derech, this is a koach for creating closeness, for creating something good, for very powerful good results that Hashem wants to be created. Not just telling me go bench, 
<laughs> go bench. <laughs> go make a bracha. The hair realized, and there was one benching recently. Okay, listen, like, I'm not trying to show off here or be delusional or be, sound like wacky, but there was a benching on Shabbos that was like very good for the first time that I can remember. <laughs> so, like, where does it say that you're supposed to, supposed to be like painful and annoying? <laughs> It's okay to be delicious. Okay, I have to confess. Maybe I'm getting carried away because I read a little bit about what they wrote about my, my, my uncle, Zahal Racha, the Spinker Rebbe. He said that first, when he, when he saw what Zahal say about davening, he should daven, counting the words like money, he had a difficulty. He said, money is for it, money, you know? Like, how could you do You can you can sort of like like get but I'm oh you're fading out on at least from my end. Unmute. Okay, are we good? One more time. Let's hear that one more time. Um, well, I just said that as opposed to the previous lifelong mindset of Beyonce, 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 on occasion I started thinking in terms of let's try to create something good here. Let's make something good happen. Coming to Davin, there's the power, power of good can be created. Let's try to let's try to make it. Let's try to do it. <laughs> can Rebbe say over what about the Spinker Rebbe and the money again? You, you up. Oh, he said uh, when you first saw the Chazal, that person should I think it says about Krishna should say like you're counting money. You know, each like let's say counting hundreds, you know, hundred. 200, 300. So can you actually dive in like counting money? I mean, it's far as money is far as money. <laughs> but then, you know, years later, uh, he he felt that uh, it's really money is no comparison to the words of Daphne. <laughs> How can you compare money to the words of Daphne? Maybe he's listening, we're talking, he lets us say, Baruch Aleinu, Hashivein Ravinu, Slach Lanu. So, okay, like, uh, so I say, I'm not sure if I'm just like, you know, on a high from reading something very inspiring, but we, 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 we have to experiment, you know, if, we, if we're looking in this, in, in, if we try to keep in our mindset, the Abishta has a plan, it has a purpose. He wants to give to us the maximum good. This is how it's being created. This is how it's being formed. Every mitzvah has its own contribution of dveikus. 
Of course, some are, some are primary. That's primary. Understanding Das Hashem, Torah, the things that are primary. Ava, Yira, yes, the things that are primary that Amchal says there. The Nakdama and Seif Bikuach says, that's why Torah singles out. Because those are like the Chavazovah says, the Chavazovah says, the Iker. Yeah, they're things that are primary, but everything is contributing in some way to forging, to creating that magnificent creation. So, the Magin Mishnah is telling us, uh, hopefully it's possible, it's supposed to be possible. Oh man. I, I have to confess, I, I, I'm, my, my life is relatively stress-free. So maybe I'm not a good example, you know? It's like I have enough space to, to, to engage in these beautiful philosophical calculations. But uh, I'm hoping that so we can all relate to it a little bit. And if anybody finds that they could, then lets me know. That would be very encouraging. And we're hoping to set up pretty soon some place for people to post comments um, and their reaction to what they hear over here. Okay, if there's anything else, uh, please go ahead. Otherwise, it's okay if we pause. Reb are, 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 are you satisfied? No. You, you know the answer to that, but... Uh... <laughs> okay, you can get me, you know, one-on-one. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a pleasure seeing everybody. Binyamin, Reb Ari, Reb Simcha, Reb Yossi, David, Ari Leib, and all the names, Ruvain, David, Reb Chaim, uh, Reb Joe. <laughs> okay, Yitz, how come I can't see you? Okay, well, Yashikarech Abayseh for being part of this. And, you know, uh, all good feedback of any kind is deeply appreciated in advance. Thank you very much. We're gonna Thank you. It. Thank you, Rich. Very good night, Abayseh. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you.